This podcast is brought to you by the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Service at Ohio University. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Jazzed About Work, where we talk about everything that might have an impact on your career. I'm your host, Bev Jones. I am interested in all things career, and my recent book is Find Your Happy at Work. Today, our topic is using LinkedIn. In the beginning, this big social platform was a kind of fancy Rolodex, a professional's address book. But now, it is so much more. And our guest wrote the book about it. Donna Sardula is an expert in branding and social media marketing, and she has more than 40,000 followers on LinkedIn. Her company, Vision Board Media, does LinkedIn makeovers, and her book is called LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. In this episode, Donna will share very specific tips about how you can make your LinkedIn profile more robust. She'll have useful suggestions whether you're looking for a job or just want to be connected with other interesting professionals. Donna, it is wonderful to have you here today. I have so many questions about LinkedIn, even though I uh, work with it all the time. I, I feel like I never get past being a novice. So thanks for being here today. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me. Well, what we're going to do today, of course, is we're going to get into some of the nitty gritty of LinkedIn and talk about why it matters so much and how our listeners can maybe make better use of it. And of course, we're going to talk about your book, LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. But here on Jazzed About Work, everybody seems to be particularly interested in the career stories of each of our guests. And uh, I'm wondering, how is it that you became such an expert on LinkedIn and branding? And how did you get 40,000 followers on LinkedIn? Would you tell us a little bit about your own career path? Yeah, sure, sure. So I, you know, I I joined LinkedIn back in 2005. Um, it started in like 2002, 2003. Um, so I wasn't an early, early adopter, but I was still, you know, relatively early in terms of of joining LinkedIn. Um, back then, I was in corporate America, and I remember when I joined, the big thing was this is where you could find leads and opportunities and jobs. Um, I at the very, very beginning of it, I didn't see a lot of opportunity. I thought LinkedIn was was rather, you know, a waste of time. But I changed my mind very quickly. Uh, I had changed jobs, I changed positions, and now I was in a very cutthroat sales role. And it was at that time, as I was cold calling, as I was trying to fill my funnel, that I started to realize the power that LinkedIn had. And it wasn't just a prospecting engine. It was really more about brand and 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 being able to control how others perceived you. And I realized that because I was looking at my clients and my my prospects and I wanted I was hungry to know more about them. And in almost all the cases, no one really put forth any effort. And that's when I really had my epiphany. And it was from that that I then said, I realized 
looking at my own experience, I wanted to optimize my profile. I wanted to control how people perceived me. I wanted to be found for, for opportunities. I wanted people to feel good when they looked at that profile so they would pick up the phone or meet with me. And as I was trying to create that profile, it's just so hard to write about yourself. Yes. And that, and it was that, that wanting to do it, can't doing it, struggling to do it, um, going in and cleaning out a garage because it was, <laughs> it was a far more attractive <laughs> task than, than actually sitting down and, and, and thinking about myself objectively and deliberately. Um, and, and it was at that moment that I said, wait, you know what? There's a need here. There's a huge need. There's a potential and a need. And I started my company. It was in 2009. Um, since then, I, I now, at first it was just me. Now I have over 15 writers working with me. We've written over 8,000 LinkedIn profiles. And we just, I, I love what we do. Well, that sounds so interesting. And by the way, I am so glad to hear that I'm not the only person who finds a need to do some cleaning when I'm struggling with getting started on a challenging <laughs> writing project. You know, my, my kitchen is never cleaning. that clean. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, so I think uh, we have had many uh, clients not clients, uh, many guests here on Jazzed About Work talk about the importance of LinkedIn when they're talking about job search or anything uh, related to career, it might come up. And I talk with my clients about it all the time. And yet so many people um, kind of theoretically think this might be a helpful platform but they don't get started until they suddenly need a job. Yeah. Why do yeah. you think that is? And, and what do you say to clients when they come in and they're a little hesitant about whether they even should be spending time on LinkedIn if they're not in a job search? Yeah, it, it is the it is really one of the biggest misconceptions about LinkedIn that it is just a place to go when you're looking for for work. And, and that can't be really, you know, any further from the truth. LinkedIn is a place to build your network. It's a place to really showcase your brand, your story. It's, it's also a place where you can show up and, and network with people by posting and commenting on, you know, on posts that are on your feed. It's, it, there's so much that can be done on LinkedIn. And by doing that, you're, you're building your brand, you're building your network, you're forging that network. And, and yes, there is always the potential that opportunities will arise from that, but it's the opportunities don't necessarily need to be Oh, here's a here's a job opportunity. A lot of times, clients will say board opportunities were presented to them. Investors, partnerships, um, even even recruiting the better talent, the best talent. You know, people want to work with someone who has you know has something to say, who is doing this for with a reason, a why, a mission. And so, by utilizing LinkedIn as that platform, good things happen. Yeah, and I think it's such a, a learning place. First, their LinkedIn is now trying to become a learning venue, and they're writing things and having having um, more management. I think of some of their content than they originally did. But there's so many smart people sharing interesting things. It's a great way 
to, even if you're not interested in networking, it's a great way to find out what your colleagues are doing, what your competition is doing. Yeah. It's a, it's a, an important spot for kind of staying on top of things. Yeah. But Research, intelligence, all of those things are, are there. Um, and, and when you do interact and engage with that content, oddly enough, you are essentially networking along the way. Yes. But I think you put your finger on something earlier. You mentioned how hard it is to write about yourself. And my observation from myself and my clients is that the a really important part of your profile is, is that about section. That's the place you kind of tell the story. And it seems to be excruciating to try to uh, talk about yourself in a way that's positive, but is not, um, you know, if you were raised by parents who taught you to be modest, it's, it's just really hurts to kind of put some of that out there. Could you tell us about the about section and how do you help clients kind of get over the hurdle of uh, telling their story in a in that kind of way? Yeah. Well, you know, the, the first thing is I think a big mistake people make is they immediately jump into the profile and they say, all right, I've got to write this. But they haven't done a sufficient amount of strategy first. And so before you even attempt the about section, I would say, Think in terms of your goals. Why are you on LinkedIn? What are you trying to accomplish? You know, just as we stated, some people are on LinkedIn looking for a, a, their next position. Others are on it because they're prospecting and selling. Others are on it for executive branding. You know, they want to really showcase who they are. They, they're doing it almost for reputation management as well. But you really want to think, why am I on it? Because why you're on it is what's going to determine that narrative. And so just as an example, if you're on it for prospecting and sales, you don't want to be writing a profile that talks about how great you are at prospecting and how you're a fabulous salesperson. Yeah. yeah. That, would, that would be terrible. Same thing if you're an executive. You don't want to be talking about task-based, um, you know, items, you know, that, you know, you do these things. You want to think more in terms of strategy, right? So it's, it's really about aligning your, your message with that, the goal that you have in mind. And that goal is going to change. And so as, as you change and that goal shifts, you always want to keep updating. But, you know, that about section, think of it as a digital introduction, a first impression. People are reading it. They're hungry to learn more about you. And one issue that I see executives do is they 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 write about the company because it's almost easier <laughs> to write just about yeah. the company. And they're omitting themselves. And it's they are the they are that asset. So you do want to open up. And it doesn't have to be a situation where you're going, I do this and I do that. But think a little bit bigger. You know, who are you? What do you stand for? What is your mission? What is your passion? You know, why are you working with this company? You know, what is the vision that you have for it? You know, it doesn't have to be, you know, I'm a dynamic professional who problem solves and has go-to-market strategies. Yeah. <laughs> right? It, it could be a little bit more, you know, this is why I do what I do and this is why it matters. And this is why it's different from others. And, and my approach is, is different. And this is why I make the decisions that I make. 
And I found that the people who seem to have the most interesting profiles, uh, the best about sections, tend to understand that what they write doesn't have to be cast in stone. So many people kind of work on their about section and they think, okay, I can live with these two paragraphs and then they never touch it again. But really it is something that can improve with time as you become more comfortable with what you're doing. You can um, reflect when you get feedback and it's easy to change it, right? So um, it's it's something that can last for a while. Now, I um, noticed that on yours, you have, you talk about your kids and you kind of introduce yourself as a person, not just mm-hmm. as somebody who's an expert on LinkedIn. That's important, isn't it? Yeah. People do business with people. And so it's important to yeah. show that you're, the warmth of your your personality, who you are authentically, you know, we want it to be genuine. Well, I um, I think it's a, an important section, but another important section than what you see first is is that headline. You know, what's at the very beginning? The about section is kind of a little lower down, and and uh, it's not doesn't hit you the first time you look at somebody's profile. But the headline is very short, and seems to there seems to be a couple of different styles tell us about the headline what does a good headline look like in 2023 yeah you know uh, the headline doesn't just appear at the top of the profile but it follows you so all of your activity on linkedin has your picture your name and that headline so we really do want that that headline to be attractive and we want it to compel a person to want to learn more about you, to click on that profile so they read the full profile. And so the headline, we want it to have your keywords. So the words that you want to collide with in search, because remember, we are on LinkedIn. All of us are on it because we want opportunities, some type of opportunity. And so if we can think in terms of our target audience and how they might be trying to locate us if they didn't know our name, and we can really think of those big keywords, those are the keywords we want to have in the headline because the headline is very sensitive for search. So keywords are a good thing, but also a benefit statement. You know, that tagline, something that that shows the benefit, that shows who you are. So here's a basic question. What is a keyword and how do we find out the keywords that matter for us? You want to think in terms of your target audience and you want to think, well, you know, if I wanted to, you know, pop up for a search would it be um, would it be based upon my title? Because maybe it's a job search that's being conducted, and I want to be found by executive recruiters. So you know that 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 keyword would really be that that title, because a lot of recruiters search on job title. You know, perhaps if you're in sales or or you're looking to prospect and do business development, you know, what would that client be searching for? Would it be your product? Would it be your service? That solution? You know, if if you're trying to um, intersect with maybe media or um, you know something to that extent, you know, what is your big topic? What is your your area of expertise? So think in those broad types of 
you know, ways, you know, if a person was looking for you, what would be the keywords that they might use that you would want to intersect with? There, there really isn't a, an area where you can just find lists of keywords. It, I wish it worked that way. Um, you know, certainly you can do keyword research, but I find that it's almost just easier to put yourself in that target audience's brain and think, well, if they were looking for me, this is probably what they would put in. And, and that's a really good first step. Do you ever see people where it looks like what they've done is try to think of every possible keyword? And of course, many of us have done many things. And so we could have long lists and they just stuff it in there and there's no storyline. It's just, it feels like a list of um, kind of, corporate speak. Does that happen sometimes? Because to me, it looks oh, like it does. <laughs> it does. And, 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 you know, in some ways that's, it's, it's, it almost begins to seem desperate, right? Because I'm everything to everybody. I can do all yeah. of these things. And, and you do want to have more of abundant mindset, not that scarcity mindset that you're hoping to, you know, sp you're spraying and praying and aiming low and wide, but instead you really want to niche in and you want to say, this is really who I am. The, the, this is the core of what I'm about. And that's where you really want to focus in because that is the, that is a higher level way of doing it. And people want to work with people who are the best at something, not the best at everything. That that's such important advice. You don't have to tell your entire story. You can pick something that you're really good at and you're really into and describe that. And if you're doing that well, then people will assume you're a competent, interesting person and then they'll go look further if there's a reason yeah. to. Is that right? Absolutely. And I find that oftentimes you know, I'll, I'll get a call from a person who wants us to help them with their LinkedIn profile. And, and they'll say, you know, I, I really feel pigeonholed. You know, I'm stuck. I, yes. I really need help. And when I look at their profile, when I look at their resume, they have done such a fabulous job of branding themselves for where they are that no one else can really see them in any other role. And so for us, what we need to do is start to expand that story to really align to the future vision the person has. And as soon as we start to open up that narrative and we start to say, you know what, let's not talk about the things that you don't want to do anymore. Let's let go of those old accomplishments that are holding you back. And let's really look forward and say, this is the direction that you want to go. And that's the story we want to tell. That's when they stop getting pigeonholed and, and they start to be able to you know, really spread their wings. Oh, that's really good advice. Now, on the topic of those things we used to do and we're tired of maybe, brings me to questions I hear all the time from um, clients who are thinking about maybe doing something else in the future. They want to know how far back they should go. Maybe they did something really interesting 25 years ago. Um, <laughs> should that be there? Um, should they have dates on their... Uh, the time they graduated from college. How how much do you want to be really focused on today and tomorrow? And how much do you need to show your expertise from the past? Or will it make you just look too old? What do you what do you do about that 
old information. Yeah, well, it is important to cull those those really old, you know the you don't you want a profile as well as a resume that looks like the letter V. So the most current information has the most information, and as you move further back into the time, it starts to taper right? Because we don't need to be telling such a huge story about things that occurred 20 years ago. And it's not that it wasn't valid. It's just that you've changed, right? And and you don't want to be aligned to things that you you no longer want to do, or maybe it's not even pertinent anymore. So it's, it's, perfectly acceptable and and absolutely expected that as you as you advance through your career you don't want to just keep adding one experience on top of the other but you want to start to cater and 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 like i said before cull but but remove the things that no longer make sense and and that's that's what you want you always want it to be a forward future forward profile future forward aligned resume as well and in terms of putting the dates, Beverly, I, I, I will say this. I don't, I don't want anyone to ever feel that um, you know, they need to look younger or, or they, they can't claim their age. It's that thinking that's going to keep this you know, ageism out there. Yes. We need to claim it. I want, I want current pictures. I want a graduation date. That's that's the way to say there is nothing wrong. And I come with so much opportunity, so much so much background and experiences and history that I'm proud of it. And it's what's going to differentiate me from everybody else. I love that advice and I um agree as um as we get older we still look stronger if we're authentic. That never stops being important. And you can never hide anything anyway, really. So why not just (laughs) be yourself? But but don't put all the old dates there if they're not saying anything. Just focus, as you say, on where you are now, where you're going, give enough information in the past so they get a you know a picture of your authentic self. Oh, I getting, love it. We're running. I, love- oh. <laughs> I, I just am noticing the time, and there's so many other things I want to ask you. I, I want to change gears a little bit because this is something I really want to know. Why is it that sometimes I post something and I get, oh, a thousand views, and then sometimes that I really think is important and I get like 50? What? How do we um, do better at having the things we post be seen by a lot of people? What's the secret? You know, the secret is to let go of those expectations that Uh every post is going to be a home run. Unfortunately, it, it doesn't work that way. That's okay. Some things are going to resonate with with your audience that day, and some things aren't. And it, it could also be just the, a seasonality that maybe you posted, and it was a beautiful day, and people were out playing, and they weren't looking at LinkedIn. Yeah, yeah. And so, don't don't think that every single post needs to be, you know, number one. However, with that said, when you post, you want to post 
you don't have to post frequently where it's every day. If you can, that's fabulous, but don't don't feel that you have to post every day. Just you want to post consistently. And when you post, you want to post things that add value, that that educate, that that are interesting, that make people smile. But even more so than all of those things, you want to post in a way that engages. And so the people who read that post feel compelled to do something, whether it's click like, it's click repost, or it's click to comment. Maybe sh- you know, maybe it's even um, sharing it via messaging, or saving that post, or clicking the see more link so the post expands. Any type of engagement on a post conveys to LinkedIn that there's value there and more eyes should see it. So if you want to be more successful in your posting, post in a way that 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 just compels people to engage and interact with the post. And the great thing about posting as a way to be shaping your own brand is it's perfectly okay. In fact, it's, it's uh, a good thing to do to borrow other people's content. So if you read something that somebody's put on that's really great and it captures you, you can repost that, maybe put in a comment. Um, you're sharing valuable information. You're maybe helping somebody else and starting to connect with them. And you don't have to sit down and um, write something super insightful that day. You can you can rely on the good work of others, and that helps to spread your own brand, right? Absolutely. So, so in that situation, you're not just you're not really creating, but you're curating. So, curate ah, content. Yes. I think that's a, a really important thing for people to come to keep in mind because it makes it a little less oh maybe not daunting. scary, but it feels a little less yeah daunting if if you don't have to like be uh, coming up with a whole new article. On the um, uh, topic of how to build a profile and how to uh, spread the word, we're running out of time. So I'm wondering if you can just share some of your favorite uh, do's and don'ts for people who might just be getting started, or maybe they've been there for 10 years and they still haven't uh, done their about section. What are some things we we need to keep in mind if we want to up our game on LinkedIn? Certainly. So, you know, to up your game on on LinkedIn, you know, really the LinkedIn is foundational and it represents you. So absolutely spend the time, you know, don't think, oh, this is something that I can, I can do in five minutes. It does take time to sit down and really think and and get deliberate on your brand and who you are and how you want to be seen and how you want to tell that story. Realize that it is hard. It's not just you. Everyone, everyone struggles in doing this. And there's, there's, there's so many different ways of, of getting it done if you just can't do it yourself. There is certainly my book. There are, there are applications out there, but you can also turn to real life human beings, writers like my team who can help tell that story for you. So if you just simply don't have the time or the, 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 the desire, do know that there are people out there who, who can work with you and can do it for you and do it in a manner that is authentic and genuine. And, and I say that because I know that 
it's really hard. And I'd rather you have something than nothing. That makes a lot of sense. And by the way, I want to mention your book again. It's LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. And I got to say, it's readable. It's not overly technical. You have some great examples. I've, as I said, I, I've been trying to be more expert about LinkedIn for a long time. And I always feel like I'm, uh, I'm still a beginner no matter what, because I, I see some of, um, things that are so complex. I don't know where to, to start, but this book, um, is so clear and helpful that, um, not only did I learn a lot, but I also felt better about myself because you explain things so well that I realized, oh, well, that's what we're all doing. Yes, this is right. So I recommend the book, LinkedIn Profile Optimization for Dummies. And I thank you for being here today, Donna, and and, uh, sharing your insights. Beverly, thank you so much for having me. It was such a pleasure. Today, we've been speaking with Donna Serdula about how you can take your LinkedIn profile up a notch. This podcast is produced by WOUB Public Media. Adam Rich is our audio engineer. I'm your host, Beverly Jones, author of Find Your Happy at Work. And our sponsor is the Voinovich School of Leadership and Public Service at Ohio University. Today's tip is that whether you like it or not, you do have a profile on the web. And what other people have said about you may not be accurate. Maintaining your bio on LinkedIn can help you tell the correct story of your career. Thanks for listening to Jazzed About Work. And if you liked our show, please tell your friends about us. 